You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. If you're in the greater Boston area and are wanting to grow in your walk with God, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information about our service times. We're excited about our annual 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting starts Monday, January 7th, and will continue through Vision Sunday on January 27th. During these 21 days, we'll have one-hour prayer services every day during the week at 6 a.m. and 12 p.m., and corporate prayer on Friday nights at 7.30. We are believing God to do amazing things in our lives and in our church in 2019. These 21 days are important for laying a solid foundation for the year ahead by putting God first and trusting Him. These prayer services are for anyone wanting to grow closer to God and to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer. We've created a prayer devotional written by our pastors and leaders that have specific prayer targets for each of the 21 days. They'll be available at intlfamilychurch.com. Now here's today's message. Excited about having uh, Barbara minister God's word today. Steve and Barbara have been close friends of ours for well over 35 years and friends of this ministry. Um, I, I promise you, when we get to heaven, we're going to find out that every major breakthrough we had here at International Family Church and in the Del Turco family had their fingerprints of prayer on it. They leave a most they lead a most amazing prayer ministry from Guilford, New Hampshire. They have a prayer house called the Sanctuary. Uh, this amazing location where thousands of people from around the world have been prayed for. When we get to heaven, we're gonna we're gonna learn about the breakthroughs, the marriages that were saved, the lives that were saved, the people that were were, were rescued from the brink of disaster because of their prayers. Aren't you grateful for people who know how to pray and touch? heaven on your behalf. I know I am. I'm a better man because of it. We're a better church because of it. Will you please stand to your feet, please, and welcome this amazing ministry gift. Welcome Barbara Arbo. God bless you, Barbara. Hallelujah. Well, Happy New Year. You can be seated in the presence of God. I had such a fabulous time celebrating the new year. I celebrated with the ball dropping in Hong Kong. I celebrated with Paris, but I totally missed New York City. <laughs> I just went on to bed. Anybody else just went on to bed? But I did celebrate uh, in a way that we do every New Year's Eve, and that is that we keep what we call a blessings jar on the shelf of the sanctuary. And when we have miracle breakthroughs from the Spirit of God, we just write a little note and we just put it in the jar and then on New Year's Eve we open the jar and we just rehearse and remember the faithfulness of God all year long remind ourselves how good God is and then of course New Year's Eve is my spiritual birthday so I have a great time celebrating the goodness of God and and delivering me and setting me free and rescuing me 47 years ago from a drug-addicted, alcohol-addicted, promiscuous life, and God just reached in and got a hold of me. I was hosting a big drug party on New Year's Eve, and instead I ended up at the University of Rochester playing Bible charades. (laughs) I thought I had dropped into the twilight zone. But you know what? I thought in my head, if I can stay being a Christian, what I thought a Christian was for two weeks, it'll be a miracle. But God's keeping power 47 years. I am so much to celebrate. 
his goodness, his faithfulness. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I know you've got a story today too, amen? So I'm glad to take this time in the beginning of the year and praying and fasting because I know that there were people that were praying for me. I know there were people that stood in the gap for me. And now I have the privilege of paying that forward and praying for others, and praying for my own family, and, and just being able to stand in the gap and for my own life, and just see the miracle working power of God, and that's what it's going to be for you, and so I know there are so many resources on the website, so I decided today not to go into a lot of logistic of fasting, because I know you can get your hands on that real quickly, but I want to uh, by God's grace, release an impartation more than information, amen, that's going to give you momentum to start the new year right and start it in a, in a victory place with God's word, amen? So I am going to talk to you today about the lifestyle of prayer and fasting. Now, I know you can read through this chapter on your own from Matthew 16, but in verses 2 through 16, it outlines some powerful ingredients of a lifestyle of Christian believers. And the chapter opens with this statement, when you give, just a few verses later, when you pray, and then just a few verses later, when you fast. And it didn't, you'll notice, say if. These are all uh, just part of a, of a Christian believer's life. We're, we're givers, we're, we're prayers, we're fasters. And, and, you know, there's so many ways that you can give. You can, you can give your tithes and offerings. You can give as you purpose in your heart special offerings. And, and you can give alms to meet the needs of the poor. And, and then, of course, there's multiple ways that you can be praying. Uh, I mean, there's a prayer of faith, and there's a, a prayer of intercession. There's a prayer of consecration. There's a prayer of agreement where two or more agree as touching anything together. And Ephesians 6.18 is clear that all these prayers are done by the Spirit, in and by the Spirit, because you need the Holy Spirit to guide you in what prayer to offer at the time, right? Sometimes it's right to have a prayer of faith where you just declare by faith something is done and you believe you've received it and that settles it. But sometimes there, there is a, a prayer where you have to consecrate and give yourself over to God and, and commit your way to him fully. And, and then again, that sometimes that prayer of agreement makes the difference. If one is being prevailed against, the Bible says two shall not be. So sometimes you've been praying and pressing into something and you're not seeing results. Get someone in agreement, not in agreement with what you want, but in agreement with God's will for your life. Amen. And so the same thing is true concerning fasting. There's all kinds of manner of fasting that you can do. You can go on a water only fast. You can do juices and just broths. You can do uh, what they term a Daniel fast just with meat and uh, no meats and no sweets, just vegetables. But you can decide that by yourself then by the spirit of God. But the important thing is that you give yourself to do some kind of fasting. I uh, read the uh, a quote from a f friend this week, and he said that he goes on a negativity fast as well as a food fast because fasting always means giving up some sort of food. Just want to make that clear. You can give up your social media, you can give up your TV, but fasting by definition always means something to do with food, denying the flesh from food. And so give up those other things, anything that's taking your attention and, and seems to take your, your uh, focus away from the things of God. Uh, it would be a great time to give up the social media and to, to just separate yourself for the time. But also realize that in that fast, negativity fast, don't allow yourself to think on or speak anything that's not in faith, hope, and love. 
How's that for you? I like that. I've already started that with my fast and just challenging myself not to think about and not to speak about anything that's not in faith, hope, and love. Amen? So you can read through that chapter on your own, but as you begin to fast, please, please, please don't make it about what you do or don't eat. When I look back at the history of IFC, when we were called Faith Fellowship 35 years ago, I remember us having New Year's fast, and we saw the greatest miracles in the lives of the new believers that simply left off their afternoon latte and their dessert. I mean, we saw such miracles happen in their lives. We were like, you know, water only. and We were just sacrificing. But, I mean, we saw miracles happen at every level. So don't make it about what you do or don't eat. Make it about a separating time to the Lord, a first fruit offering for the new year. Your life doesn't give you time to seek God like this. You have to take the time. You have to take some time. That's why it's a perfect time. After a season of feasting, I am so ready for some fasting. I mean, it's a good time to set our faces to seek the Lord. And as Pastor said, to reset, reset your appetites. Reset your appetites for the things of God. We seek his kingdom first because everything we have and everything we need comes from him. So we seek first the kingdom of God. And what we're doing in fasting and prayer is simply acknowledging that we don't want to leave our lives directed by ourselves. You know, that's what they call a carnal believer, one who acknowledges that God is real, but he continues to direct his own life. We want to be true believers who, who yield our lives and the plans and purposes for them to God who already has a plan for you for a good life. Yeah. And if you'll get on the path that he has prearranged and made ready for you to live, you'll have that good life. And so it's a reset. It's a, it's a God, I'm acknowledging you in all of my ways. I'm asking you to direct and make straight and plain my paths. Amen? It's not your responsibility to handle all of your own problems. It's all about your response to his ability. God, who can do abundantly above, this God that can do excessively above all we would dare to dream, all we would dare to ask or think. I like to dream because I know that God's always going to do above it. I know he's going to have to outdream me. I know he's going to have to outdo me because I'm a dreamer. I can think of things that God could do. Have you ever thought about what God should do and could do for your situation? Well, if you can dare to think and dare to believe that he's going to do abundantly above all you would to dare ask or think. Fasting is a great discipline, but it's also a powerful weapon of warfare. Matthew 17 is the chapter where we read the story of the father who brought his epileptic son to the disciples. And he was throwing himself in the fire. He was throwing himself in the water. Can you imagine trying to deal with a situation like that? And he needed help. He knew his son needed deliverance. He knew that a demon was driving him, and he brought him to the disciples. And he said, disciples, I need you to help me deliver my son. And they prayed for him, but they didn't see the results they wanted to until Jesus stepped in. And when Jesus stepped in, that young boy was completely delivered. So in private, probably a little embarrassed, the disciples go to Jesus and ask him, why didn't we not see? We know we can do the same works you do. Uh, we were believing. What, what was the problem? And he said, he said, it was your unbelief. 
This kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. He wasn't saying this kind of demon. Scholars for years thought he was talking about demons, but that just doesn't make sense, does it? That there would be different levels of demons, we'd have to do different things for different one. That sounds complicated. But he said, what does make sense, and that is this kind of unbelief only leaves when you're praying and fasting. Say, how does that work? Well, because when you're setting yourself to seek the Lord and you're giving your attention to the word, faith is growing in you. Faith is driving out unbelief. We believe, but sometimes there's some unbelief in us too. And we can drive the unbelief out during in prayer and fasting. We can be feeding ourselves, feeding our faith with God's word. He said we don't live by bread alone. Interesting that, that Daniel's fast was no meats, no sweets. So he had no breads. We don't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's how we sustain ourselves. I couldn't live every day without God speaking to me a word. He wants to give you a word. One word from God can change your life. Hearing from God on a daily basis is what sustains you. I couldn't get through 24 hours without hearing God's word. Amen? We need that word. And he said that it's going to grow in you during this time. He's given us eyes to see. He's given us ears to hear. He's given us a nose to smell. But he's also given us senses in the realm of the spirit. And he said, you're going to have your eyes, the eyes of your heart, flooded with light. You're going to have ears that hear what the spirit of God is saying. You can have ears that hear, but they don't really hear what God is saying. He said, I'm going to open your ears so that you can hear what I'm saying. And he said, I'm only even going to give you a spiritual nose to sniff out and discern so that you can decide what's best, not just what's good, not just what's better, but the very highest and best that God has for you. It happens when you fast and pray. 1 Corinthians 1, 9 through 10 says this, things that I have not seen and ear has not heard, things which have not even entered into the heart of man that God has prepared for those that love him, God begins to unveil and reveal by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches diligently. He analyzes everything, and he begins to sound the profound and bottomless things of God. God will begin to speak. He'll begin to give voice to things that have been hidden from your understanding. You didn't know why you were struggling. You didn't know why that situation wasn't broken through. But the Holy Spirit's going to begin to give voice to it and give you instruction and show you what you're dealing with. Sometimes what you're dealing with is not what you're dealing with. You know, you can have a pain in your left leg, but it's really nothing to do with your left leg. How many times you've gone and the doctor has checked your tongue when you've broken your foot? Say, what in the world is going on? Why would he check my tongue? Why is he saying, say, ah? Because there are thousands of things a doctor can tell by putting that little tongue depressor on your tongue and taking a look inside. Did you know there's thousands of things that are revealed? Well, I think there's thousands of things that are revealed by this tongue, too. When out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks sometimes, we reveal things that are really the problem, right? That's really the problem, and it came right out of your heart. And you didn't even know what was in there. You weren't even aware of it until you opened up your mouth and you said it, and you thought, wow, I didn't realize that. And there are things that are hidden, and they're beyond your 
head wrong. They're going to come out of the heart as God reveals them. God will sound those things. I find so often as I pray in the spirit, things get sounded. And sometimes it's just one word. Sometimes it's just one word God gives me. But if I'll pray into that word, if I'll, if I'll just hone in that word, if I'll pray in the spirit and then when a word comes up like it did last week, he just, he just brought the word time up. And I thought, oh, yeah, time. That's my word for the new year. Time. Taking time in the presence of God and taking time for myself and taking time. And then I began to pray into time. And the Holy Spirit began to center in and say, Barbara, it's time for some things. It's time. It's time for you to draw the line in the sand. It's time for you to see some things that have been promised to you. It's time for your family. It's time. And I began to realize that God was focusing in on some things for my year. And he's focused in on some things for your year as well. There are so many things about fasting and prayer so powerful. I, I wonder sometimes, and I challenge myself, why don't I live a more fasted life when I realize the benefits of fasting. There are so many victories won, stories in the Bible where we can see that God intervened as a result of fasting and praying. One of my favorite is in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and this is the story of Jehoshaphat, and he was leading the children of Israel into the promised land, and they suddenly had enemies out to attack them, to keep them from the promises of God, and, and they found out that the enemies were going to arrive in their camp by morning. And this was already late afternoon. So they had to pray and fast real fast. And you know what they did? They called a corporate fast. I'll tell you what, it's good sometimes for us all to come together and fast and pray. Because there's such power, tremendous power made available as we get in agreement with one another. And they called the, the men, they called the women, they even called the children in their pajamas. They could all come. But they had to come and fast and pray. And you know what they did? They began to hold God in remembrance of his word. They began to rehearse the faithfulness of God, his promises. They began to say, are you not the God who promised us this land? Are you not the God who delivered us once and before? Are you not? They began to just rehearse what God had been to them in previous times. You know, God is not God amnesia. He has not forgotten who he is or that he's the battle winner for you. He, he wants you to remember. So when you hold him in remembrance of his word, it puts you in remembrance that he is that God. And as they were holding him in remembrance of his word, they started getting faith in their hearts. You are that God. You told us this land was ours and nobody else is going to take it. And then all of a sudden, they turned their eyes to heavenward and they said, Lord, we just don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And you know, that's a great prayer to pray. Lord, I don't know what to do. I said that prayer this week. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. And you promised to guide me by your eye. So as long as I stay in a face-to-face -face relationship with you, I can be assured that you will guide me. And sometimes it's just one look, isn't it? Just one look from the Father. He just has to give you one of those looks. And you know exactly what you need to do. He wants to guide us by his eye. He wants to guide us in this new year. And so as they spoke that out, suddenly a prophet comes out with a word from the Lord. And he says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. You will not need to fight in this battle. 
Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow you will go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And I'll tell you what, they had an unshakable word from God. And they went into battle the next day, sending in the praise, just like God had instructed them to do. And you know what? They put the praisers out in front. Doesn't look like a smart idea when you're facing the battle. Put the praise out front. Those guys don't know how to fight. They're just used to singing. But I'll tell you what, that praise is a weapon of warfare that is not carnal. It's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And as they began to praise, it said the enemies consumed themselves in mutually destructive wars. And suddenly the realm of Jehoshaphat had peace round about. I'll tell you what, your enemy's going to mess himself up. They're going to run into each other and knock each other out when you send your praise in. And God's going to win the victory for you. But he did give them something to do. He said, you're not going to have to fight in this battle. I'm going to fight it for you, but you're going to need to take your position. And it's a very vital place that you take your position this year. You, you draw some lines in the sand. You declare some things that are going to be. And as Verna has preached so powerfully in the past years, I will not be denied. You draw that message up off of IOC's website. I will not be denied because that's our stance. That's our taking our position. I will not be denied the promises of God. Amen? And then you're going to uh, take your position. You're going to stand still because, you know what? It's so tempting to just run around like a chicken with their head cut off. Any of you old farm girls? My grandmother used to chop the head of the chicken off, and you'd watch it just run all around the yard. It just ran all around the yard till it finally just fell. Well, that's what we do sometimes. We just run around like chickens with our head cut off, trying to feel, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm just so nervous. I'm gonna... He said, just stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. See your deliverance. You know what? God gave you a sanctified imagination so that you could see those things that be not as if they already are. Picture what it's going to look like. Picture what it's going to look like on the other side of this battle. See what things are going to look like. Watch, watch what it looks like. Play your own movie. Write your own movie. What does my family look like on the other side of this battle? What do my finances look like? What does my health look like, my body look like on the other side of this battle? See your deliverance. Amen? And fear not. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, of a sound mind, discipline, self-control. Fear not, for the Lord is with you. You know, if God is with you, if God is on your side, who in hell can be against you? If God is for you, if God is for you, who can be against you? God is going to win this battle for us. Amen? Listen to the message translation of Matthew 6.16. When you practice some appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly. Yeah. Shampoo and comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face. God doesn't require all these attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you're doing. He'll reward you well. You need to realize that there's some rewards involved with fasting and praying. You need a little motivation today. There are rewards. There are rewards. And it's not wrong for you to expect to be rewarded for this time of fasting and praying. God will do for you and set something in motion for you in the open that you've done in secret. Amen? 
and by doing fasting in secret, that doesn't mean nobody can know that I'm fasting. Uh, if you invite me to lunch, I can't tell you that I'm not eating. You know, it doesn't. it's not that kind of false thing. It's just a fact that you're not drawing attention to it. You're just simplifying your life to seek God right now. You don't have to, you know, tell everybody at the, at the family reunion that you're not eating because you're fasting. You know, just, just move through the crowd, have your juice, have your, have your soups, whatever you're doing, have your vegetables, and just go on your way. You'll never get invited to lunch it with a coworker until you start fasting. Then they always invite you to lunch, right? <laughs> but here's what some of the rewards from Isaiah 58. This is what's known as the fasting chapter. And after discussing in the opening scriptures of Isaiah 58, read through it, uh, what fasting is not. It's not about being, you know, haughty about it. Look what I'm doing. It's not about pointing your finger in judgment at others. Like, you know, well, if you would just fast, you could get, the, you know, it's none of that. He said, is this not the fast I have chosen, beginning with verse 6, to loose bonds of wickedness, to undo bands of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every entangling yoke bondages, oppressions, yokes. I'm telling you, fasting is power equipment. You don't have to just use your little shovel and try to dig some stuff out of your life. You can send in power equipment and bulldoze some stuff out with fasting and prayer. I've used fasting to break yokes off of me, oppression off of me, and I've also used it in intercession to break enslaving yokes off of other people. Isaiah 58 verse, goes, verse 7 goes on to say, Is it not to divide your food with the hungry? These are just practical ways of walking out your month in, in prayer and fasting. Maybe the Lord would have you sow seeds into a feeding ministry or, or buy somebody else's meal or send a gift card to someone that you know can't afford to go out to eat or just dividing your bread, but also maybe another practical way like he did for me last year when he just asked me to, to divvy up everything I had in my closet of warm coats and, and you know mittens and hats and scarves and take them to a homeless ministry. I, I took two bags of things from my years of accumulating living in snow country, growing up in upstate New York and then in New England. I had so many warm clothes, and I took them to a homeless ministry. I walked in, spread them out on a nice table, walked into the bathroom, came out a minute later, and all the things were gone. And people who had frostbit fingers and, and didn't ha own a hat or have a coat to wrap up in. And I'll tell you what it did. It began to birth compassion in me for for people that don't have what I have. And that's exactly what God's saying. Get sensitized to the needs of others in fasting and prayer. Realize that you are so blessed. I remember years ago, I used to, you know, get into tit-tats with my family because they would just look at us and they think, oh, you know, you guys are, you just... You're just so blessed all the time. You just talk about the blessings of God, and we have troubles, and we have hardships. And, and so one day I decided that it was probably time to tell them about some of the tough stuff we walked through, you know, and just tell them how hard it was for us sometimes so they, they would relate with us. And I got about halfway through just rehearsing all these hard things we've been through, and the Lord said, oh, Barbara, just give it up. You are blessed, you know? I mean, I couldn't compare to their hardships because I am blessed. I walk with God, and I do have blessings on my life. And so, you know, just acknowledge and realize that we are such blessed people. 
and divide those things and, and let God birth compassion in you. I always think about the story of Moses who, who was leading the children of Israel and God was getting angrier and angrier at his people because they weren't dedicated to following him and they were worshiping other idols. And, and he starts complaining to Moses and Moses gets right there in agreement with him. Yeah, you and me, God, we're the only ones that are doing it the way it should be done. And, you know, God's saying, I'm just going to destroy all these people and start all over. And then Moses goes on a 40-day fast. And after fasting for 40 days, such compassion was birthed in Moses for his people that he said, God, if you destroy them, you're going to have to destroy me too. He just had such a heart for them. After fasting, it birthed something in him. So in the second half of Isaiah 58, 7, after we've sensitized ourselves to others, it says, and then that you would hide not yourself from the needs of your own flesh and blood. Now, I know that means our own flesh and blood as in family. You know, God wants us to contend. He wants us to fight for our sons and our daughters, our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers. I mean, after all, he, he said that if he could just get a hold of you, just one member of the family, that he could give you a promise from Acts 16.31 that if you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, that you and your household would come in. So he just looked at you as a seed. He got a hold of you, and he wants all of your household. He wants all of your family. So, so it's you don't want to hide yourself from that. If you if you spent Christmas with family members, you probably came home realizing your family needs prayer, and and it's time to stand in the gap for them. Don't hide yourself from that. Don't just say, "Well, I I spent Christmas with them there. They got their own problems." Just come back with a heart to to pray for your family. But I've also found that in fasting, I can't hide from the things that need to change in me either. I can't hide from my own flesh and blood. It's an unveiling and a revealing time as you stop to seek God. And sometimes the yokes and the oppressions and the bondages are in you. And sometimes they have roots that need to be dealt with just as in the lives of others. I mean, bitterness has a root of unforgiveness. And Rejection has a root of abandonment. Anger has a root in hurt. What hurt you so long ago that has made you so angry at everyone? Sometimes you have to find the root because what you've been doing is you've been stuffing those things down. You've been, you've been cutting it off. You've been just saying, oh, it's just I had a hard day today. And you've been just pushing it off. And, and you've just been taking care of the fruit, but you just keeps cropping back up again. We have bamboo growing in our yard at the sanctuary in one area, and I'm telling you what, that stuff is relentless. I mean, you cut it down, and two weeks later, it's two feet tall in the summertime. And we found out now, we got to go out there with little grovel, you know, trowels, and we have to dig down to the root and get that root out of there in order to eliminate that bamboo. And it's true of some things in our life. We have to put the ax to the root of things. And so the Holy Spirit is going to be sifting and analyzing. He's going to be looking. You don't search for those things. You don't go in like trying to figure out where this all came from. You say, Holy Spirit, I feel rejected all the time. It doesn't matter where I am. I just don't think people are going to like me. Say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me. Where did that start? Where did that begin in me and root it out of me? I want to be free. I want to be totally free. I, I don't want to be entangled with these yokes of bondage any longer. You called me to freedom. 
And you said, don't allow yourself to be entangled anymore. The challenging part of growing older is that you realize that things that were in you from the time you were a young child, they grow up with you. You think you're going to outgrow them, but they don't. They, they grow with you, and they become stronger. And so fasting and prayer can get to those roots and set you free. So fasting will not only sensitize you for others, but it will get you in touch with yourself. And then Isaiah 58, verse 8. Then, then, after, you, after you've done these things, then your light's going to begin to break forth. I mean, suddenly you've got light again. You, you, you come out of the tunnel. You start to see again. Your, your healing springs forth speedily. When you hide not yourself from those needs, you get those blockages out of the way, and then your darkness turns to nudeness, verse 11. All of a sudden, it gets so bright. Uh, you're seeing things you haven't been seeing for a while. It's, it's so clear. You're in the sunshine again. I love this, this quote. Revelation is seeing for the first time something you've been looking at for a long time. That's true of God's truths. I mean, how many times have you read the Bible and you've read those Proverbs 1 through 31 over and over again, and then you read them and you say, I never saw that. I never saw that. Oh, my gosh, I'm getting so much out of the Word today. I never saw that. It's because revelation is coming to you. Revelation. And revelation is seeing for the first time something you've been looking at for a long time. And once those things are on the light, they can't torment you anymore. Light is so powerful. It completely dispels darkness. And then those next scriptures from 8 through 12, where you will call and I will answer. And, and if you will begin to pour out that with which you sustain your life. I, I mean, this is a time for pouring out this month. Don't just make it all about you. Uh, pour out. Let the sensitivity to the Spirit open you up to be in a position where you can pour water on thirsty souls. God may just have you text someone. He may have you write a note to someone. Send someone a card. Just pray over someone and then encourage them. I'm telling you what, there's times when I have gotten a text or an email or a card in the mail that it has been just the word I needed that day. And if you'll pour out that with which you sustain your life, if you're sustaining your life with God's word, if you'll pour out God's word, it says you'll be satisfied in your times of drought. I don't get nervous if it gets a little dry in my spirit because I know I have poured out and poured out and poured out, and I know water will flow in again. Water will come again. I am not at the bottom of the well. Amen? There's an endless supply from the spirit of God. If you will pour out, and then the Lord will guide you continually. And then again in verse 12, your ruins will be rebuilt. You may be looking at your life today feeling like everything is broken, everything is ruined. But you are not without hope. God said in fasting and prayer, I will rebuild those ruins. I am called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. And you can have God do miracles in your life, in your home, your family, and restore things that have been so broken down and give you a fresh start in 2019. God loves us too much to leave us where we are. We are being changed from glory to glory, just like we sang today, glory to greater glory. As we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, 
He's exalting us, which means to lift us up out of darkness, out of bondage, out of oppression that you're in or others are in around you. And let me encourage you, if you're doing just fine, then use your time to pray for others because there's plenty of people that could use prayer right now. There's plenty of people that need miraculous breakthroughs right now. So if you're just fine, use your fasting and prayer time to pray for others. I always make a list before I begin fasting and prayer of needs that I am aware of, of bondages I am aware of, of situations that I am aware of in others. And I just make a personal dedication that I will not pray for me. I will pray for others. And as I pray for others, I know if I give, it shall be given back unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I knew a woman, she was in her 80s in Fort Worth, Texas, that she used to have a regular day every week of fasting and prayer. And she would take the names of young men that were coming into the rehab of Isaiah's house. And she would uh, just pray for them, for their deliverance, for their freedom from addiction to drugs. I mean, she just, it was like picking cherries off a tree. She just fasted and prayed. She took those names before the Lord and she just got the victory for those young men. How wonderful. I want to be that kind of woman of God, don't you? I want to be that kind of woman or the man of God that will stand in the gap for others and see things broken through. So I'm going to quickly go through some of these benefits. I could give you uh, scripture verses, but I think time-wise, I'm going to just, oh, I'm already over time. Well, I'm just, going to, uh, I'm just going to give you real quickly clarity, strength and stamina, divine favor, compassion. We talked about that. Dominion and power, boldness, protection, deliverance. Divine connections. I love that one. I love that as Peter was fasting and praying, that so was Cornelius. And God brought the two of them together for his divine purposes because they were both fasting and praying. Maybe there's a divine connection that needs to be made for you for a new job or for a family situation. You need to have something divinely connected with the right people, right places, right time. That's what fasting and prayer can do. The Lord is looking for a people today who will seek them with all of his heart. He said, to a people without mixture, I will give my spirit without measure. Part of fasting and prayer is to get the mixture out of us. It's so easy to get distracted by the things of the world, to get pulled in, to be conformed to the world, and start living like the world lives. But God has promised that if we will get the mixture out of our lives, that he will give the spirit without measure. So in closing, Isaiah 65, verse 24 says, While you're yet speaking, I will hear and send the answers on the way. I'm a woman with a lot of words. And there are times when I have to just tell God all the details of my need in earnest and thankful prayer to just get it out of my heart, just empty my heart out, just tell him all the details. But you know what? While I'm yet speaking, he's heard and he's sending answers on the way. And he'll do the same thing for you. He'll do the same thing for you. We think of this as a time that we are waiting on God. But I want to encourage you. We're not waiting on him near as much as he's waiting on us. Isaiah 30 verse 18 says, Therefore the Lord waits expectantly, longing to be gracious to you. And therefore he waits on high to have compassion to you. On you. He is looking to show himself strong to those of you that will look to him. Stop looking to other things. Stop trying to figure it out with your own brain. He said, when you try to figure it out, all you get is a splitting headache. So true. Instead, put your dependence upon him. 
First Peter reminds us not to be surprised at the fiery ordeals and trials. You know, I think I'm still surprised sometimes when things happen. I'll say, I don't, I don't know. I didn't know this was going to be going on, or I'm so surprised this is happening. But the Word of God says, don't be surprised when fiery ordeals and trials come your way. This is a true testing of your faith. And you're going to come out gold. You're going to come out gold. God's going to send angelic help on the way to you, just as he did Daniel. He had been praying and fasting for three weeks. No breakthrough. And when the angel finally came, he said, I was sent the very first day you started praying, but I was withstood. But the good news is there was no power in hell that could stand against me. Because when God heard your cry, he sent the answer on the way. And so even though I was withstood, I've got angelic help for you now. And I'm going to break this through for you. Your position is to stand constant and fearless. Philippians 1.28 says, In no way be intimidated in anything by your opponents. For such constancy and fearlessness on your part is a clear sign, a proof and seal of their impending destruction, but a clear sign for you of your deliverance and salvation. And that's from God. So don't be moved by what you see. Don't be moved by what you hear in the natural. God is working to break things through for you, and there's nothing that's going to stop it. When I was typing these notes on my computer yesterday, my calendar kept sending a pop-up for today's date. And on that pop-up, it kept saying epiphany, epiphany. And you know, it'll come up, you know, Hanukkah. It'll come up, you know, this date of holidays, that date of holidays. I didn't know what epiphany was. And I just took time to look it up. And I found out that January 6th is a day of epiphany. When a sudden manifestation, an illuminating discovery, realization, or disclosure, a revealing scene or moment occurs, that's what today is. It's epiphany. January 6th is your day of epiphany. For those of you that have been fasting and praying for many years and you've made it a lifestyle, I pray you got something today that illuminated you. Something that suddenly came alive. Something that you suddenly saw that you hadn't seen before. And if you've never fasted and prayed, I hope you got a hold of something that gives you momentum to say, man, I'm not going to miss out on this. There's a lot of benefits to this. I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to enter into a realm to do something I've never done before. And I'm going to see God reward in the open for what I've done in secret. Amen? This is going to be the greater year. This is going to be the greater year. We're going from glory to glory. So can you shout a little praise with me today? Can you shout a little praise? We got that. You got this, God. You've got this, God. You're winning our battles for us. And you've given us the victory. Now, we can't take a chance that in this room today, there's not somebody just like I was 47 years ago that needs to be rescued. The Bible says that our prayers at the lips of many, at the lips of many, deliverance is granted. Many, many years ago, we used to lay on our faces in these fasting and prayer times, asking for the heathen as our inheritance. Some of you are the answers to those prayers. Some of you heathen that came in over the last 30 years. How many of you were heathen and you've come in to know the Lord? Amen. Hands all over the altar. You were heathens, but you've come in to know Jesus. And we were praying for you. We are praying for our sons and our daughters. And how many times I look around this building and I see the sons and the daughters leading departments 
serving on worship teams, serving on dream teams, volunteering through this church in many, so many ways. And I thank God you answered so many prayers, so many prayers. God wants to answer your deepest heart cry today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today can be a turning point for you, just like it was for me. God can come and rescue you. He can get you out of darkness. He can get you out of the pit you've been in. He can take you from you. So there's up and outers in here, not just down and outers, but he can take you out of your own keeping and put you into his keeping. And it'll change your life. The path that he's prepared for you is so much better than the path that you've been walking on. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, would you just raise your hand where you are to say, I need to be rescued today. I need to come out of darkness. I need to get in the light. I need to walk a new life. Anybody at all? We had a man in the first service. Thank God that he was here today. But anybody here in the second service, you don't know Christ as your own personal Savior. You need him today. Hallelujah. How many of you can wave your hands down, born again? I am born again. Oh, come on. If you're born again, wave. Just wave. Say, praise God, I'm born again. Praise God, he's rescued me. Hallelujah. Still, some of you are not raising your hand. You want to make me come out there and get you? I'm just kidding. Come on. Father, I just pray right now. I pray that as we set our hearts like flint into this new year, I pray that you will strengthen us, that you'll give us the stamina, Father, to contend to contend for your highest and best in our homes, in our families, in our loved ones, in our church, Father, in our community, in our nation. Father, open the eyes of our heart. Flood them with light so that we truly see the great hope you have called us to. And Father, I thank you that with our eyes on you, we will see you do far above all we would dare to ask or think. We believe we're on the brink of a miracle year. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, check out intlfamilychurch.com or follow us on Instagram. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.